Thank you for joining us today. This is Clint Byers, lead pastor of Forward Church. I pray this message blesses and encourages you. I hope it inspires transformative grace in your heart and establishes you even deeper in your new covenant identity in Christ. Now take a deep breath, become aware of God's spirit within you, and enjoy the message. Just keep your focus on him. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. You know, we're commanded to love God with all our heart, strength, and soul. But yet we love him because he first loved us. Right? So it's almost as if you're commanded to let God love you. And then your response is, you'll love him. But do you know that he loves you? You know, there's, there's almost criticism in the church these days about a heavy focus on God's love for you. And it's like, that's actually where your strength comes from. Your strength comes from the fact that your Father in heaven, your maker, your creator, absolutely loves you. Now, he loves you to the degree that his spirit on the inside of you brings you to a place of wholeness. We're in this, you know, we're in this paradoxical state where in spirit you've been made perfect. But the rest of your being needs to be transformed to experience the righteousness that's in your spirit, right? So that, that, that's this paradox that we're still living in. We're seated in Christ in heavenly places, yet we've got sickness in our bodies that we need to pray and experience that healing that Christ died for, right? We're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, but yet we still struggle with sin sometimes. You know, He is our Father. We've received the same inheritance as Christ, which is all things, but sometimes we still experience lack and we get worried about provision and our future and all that. So the paradox is, which one is more real for you? Spirit or this temporary life? And I'm not saying deny the reality of this world because it's real. However, the spirit of the living God is on the inside of you. If you said yes to Jesus and he's working to be everything that he is in your life, wisdom, sanctification, redemption, provision, all of that stuff, amen? So the pursuit is that we renew our minds. We put on that new man. We let God be God and we enjoy the inheritance of our Father that He's given to us in Christ. Amen. And so when we pray for each other, that's how we pray. We pray according to the inheritance we have in Christ. You might have to address a physical issue going on in this world. You might have to address a sickness. You might have to address a lie. You might have to address something worldly, but you're addressing it with the truth of what's true in spirit, the truth of who you are in spirit. Does that make sense? So when you're praying for somebody, you're speaking to that spirit it's almost as if it's a reverse deliverance. You're praying for the Spirit of God in to come out and come upon and, ex and affect that person's life, right? You're not trying to coax the Spirit of God out, really. You're just trying to get that person to, to add a place where they will let everything that's in them spiritually affect the rest of their lives. So I just saw us praying. So just keep your heart, just keep that heart of worship focused on Him for just a minute. Father, we thank You. We trust You. We love You. We're grateful. You know, if you're, if you're paying attention to kind of what's going on in the country, there's spontaneous worship sessions. People call them revivals, renewals, outpourings, breaks, what outbreak, whatever, whatever we call it. People are gathering to worship you. And they're doing it in unusual ways on college campuses. You know, we do it in the church all the time. But Father, I'm grateful. I'm thankful for these uh, bold people who are gathering collectively all over a lot of college campuses, public areas. So we just thank you for that. We thank you that those people are passionate about you. And we want to use that, uh, you know, use them as an example to even stir up what's going on in our lives. May we be, you know, more vocal. We don't have to go out and try to jumpstart some grandiose thing, but in our homes, in our jobs, in our families, in the come in the marketplace when we're out lord we just want to be used by you just make that the confession of your heart e even if you're new to christianity or you don't even really know what all that means just make the confession of your heart god i want to be changed by you and i want people to know you and i'm willing to be used by you you know if you're willing to be used by him in whatever area just lift up your hand just acknowledge lord i'm willing to be used by you it doesn't have to be some big grandiose thing, but I just don't want my life to just be about me. I want people to see you. I want you to be glorified. 
I want you to be glorified through my life, Lord. I give you my heart. You know, that's the commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, strength, body, soul. I do. Be glorified in my life. Be glorified in my life, Jesus. That the world would know you. That the world would know how much you love them. Because your love, once it's experienced, radically transforms people's lives and hearts. We don't trust in our understanding to communicate, our capacity to communicate. We trust in the encounter of your spirit. And we carry your spirit. We carry your spirit to represent you, but then also help people experience you. And it starts in the church. It starts in our home. It's the, the church is not a building. It's a gathering of people. So Father, we thank you. We trust you and we love you. We trust you and we love you. And I would say if there's anybody in here today that, that you, you just need prayer. You just want prayer for anything at all. Just, just lift up your hand. You've got something going on in here. Lift up your hand and hold and keep it up. And then those of you around that are comfortable praying, if you would, Adam, Stacy, would you slide it? It's Brian, right? Good to see y'all. Come up here with Brian here, yeah. Keep your hand up if you if you lifted up your hand. I saw some more hands. I know people are afraid. I don't need prayer. I'm good. Listen, I'm trim. Trust me, you need prayer. <laughs> Anybody else? There's a hand here. Yeah. Uh, will you go back with her, with Annie back here? Uh, Elizabeth and Angie, yeah. Just go back here. Anybody else? Over here, there's a hand over here. Sarah, would you go over here with Ruth? And just, you know, if you see somebody around you, just be willing to love on them. You know, it's the church being the church. Anybody else? Just ask them what's going on. If they, if they don't want to give you the specifics, that's fine. I would say, too, if there's anybody watching online, feel free to post your prayer requests in the chat, whether you're on YouTube or Facebook. I think Robin's probably in the room. Maybe, or, or those of you that are watching online, pray for each other. See each other's prayer requests. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anything at all? Did I miss? Do y'all see any hands around? Are your hands up or are you just worshiping? Worshiping, yeah. So just pray. And those people that are standing around you, Father, we thank you. We trust you. Thank you that your spirit is on the inside of us. Father, I, I don't always live like it. I don't always think like it. I don't always know that I'm equipped and full of your power. But, I, but I'm willing to change my mind. I'm willing to put on the new man and trust that you are in me to work through me. I have the capacity to speak life over people. You said that we could lay hands on the sick and they would recover. You said that you would give us words of knowledge and words of wisdom for other people. And even just the gift, the fruit of kindness and mercy and patience, well, I thank you that you're working those things inside of me. You know, if, you did, if you didn't ask for prayer and if you're not praying for somebody, just for just a minute, just invite the Holy Spirit to develop his fruits within you. Father, I trust you. I yield to your spirit to be more patient to be more kind, to be to exercise more self-control. Thank you, Lord. Father, I, I commit to put off anxiety, put off depression, and let your joy be a strength to me. Thank you, Father, for your spirit. Thank you that your spirit is alive and active. You, you live in every single believer. Every believer in this room is the temple of the living God. Every believer in this room is complete in Christ. Every believer in this room has been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You have been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of Christ. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you that we renew our minds that we're bold in what you've accomplished on the inside of us. That those things that the lust of the eyes, the pride of the flesh, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, all of that stuff, we just let it all go. The guilt, 
You know, some of you just feel a sense of guilt. Some of you feel a sense of, well, I'm just not what I should be. Or, you know, this is for them. It's not really for me. Let me just tell you, it's for you. To experience God is for you. To know God is eternal life. Is there anybody else needs prayer for anything? There's a bunch of whole people in this room. <laughs> Just become aware of the person next to you. We're not going to rush this. We're taking our time. Oftentimes, church is practice. You know, when's the last time you prayed for your neighbor? Like, literally. You prayed for your friends your ex-spouse, your daddy, your baby daddy. I mean, seriously, do we pray for people? And we, we pray for them what we would pray for ourselves, right? Father, I thank you that the eyes of their heart are enlightened. Thank you that they would know you. I thank you that you're showing them your favor. Just think about somebody and just pray for them just a minute. I thank you that you're showing them your favor. I thank you that you're seeking to show yourself strong on their behalf. I thank you that the best plans that you can imagine in your own heart, they are open to to receive in their life. <clears throat> Mike, I don't know, I just see you praying for the community. Is that on your heart? Here, come on up here for just a minute, if you would. Just take our time. Yes, Lord, I tell you. Um, earlier this week, I was, I was you, driving, and uh, I'm sure some of y'all have experienced this. Uh, I was not in a place I was familiar with, and I needed to get over in traffic, and so being the gentleman I am, I turned on my turn signal, and tried to ease over. There was space, but the person in that next space uh, didn't want me to do that. <laughs> so she accelerated aggressively, and I, you know, swerved back out of the way. Well, the traffic was such that I ended up kind of next to this person down in traffic a little further. She couldn't help but express her feelings toward me. <laughs> And thankfully, I didn't respond in kind. But it really, it kind of stuck with me a little bit. What was her morning like? That that was, this is a, in a very, I mean, a very nice car, a very nice car, in a very nice part of town. What was going on in her life that morning? That she had to express that. And it wasn't just kind of a passing kind of, you know, signal of happiness. It was an aggressive response to me. And it just said something. The Lord just spoke to me then. Just, he said, the world is here. This is what the world's feeling. Yeah. It's, it's angry. And I mean, Clint got up here this morning. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. God loves the world. Thank you. And he, the only way the world's going to know it is if we show them. And I think under that anger is fear. There's it, just so it much is. fear. It, it is. I mean, it, because everything in our world is telling us these things, it's trying to undermine the foundations in whatever way it can. And only we're the ones that are going to reveal the foundations of God Thank you. to the world around us. When we don't respond in kind Thank with you. a gesture of welcome or not. Thank you. Right? When we smile and when we when we just we share that word. I Tracy did it earlier this week. And somebody texted her randomly. Have you ever gotten a random text? Somebody says, Oh, you're gonna meet me for lunch, and they missed it by one number or something, your phone number. And so Tracy just gets into a conversation with this person from who happens to be from Manhattan, I think. Right? They thought they were meeting for lunch. And Tracy just said, do you know how much God loves you? And you, we don't know what that, but we know good seed just got planted. Amen? Thank you, Lord. The world is in desperate, desperate, desperate need of God's love. 
and we're it. And we're, this, this is us. We're, this is our responsibility. Let's, let's just, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I think, Lord, it just begins with a heart of thanksgiving. Yeah. I mean, a real heart of thanksgiving. And I am so grateful that you drug me out of the miry clay, that you pulled me from that, that self-serving, just selfish lifestyle I, I had as a young man and have been drawing me closer to you ever since, Lord. The world needs that same drawing, Father, but I, I know that you've called us to be your voice in the world today, that the Spirit may speak through us to everyone around us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that I know that I am fully equipped for every good work. You have equipped us, Lord. Father, you, every, every good seed that will come from us will bear good fruit, and we can have that expectation. We can put that expectation on those kindness, those good things we do for others. The world says that it talks about paying it forward, Lord, we, that we are called to pay your love forward, to extend your goodness in a way that it's relevant to the world around us. Father, make us sensitive to the needs of the people closest to us. Yeah, Lord. In our presence at the moment, may we be sensitive to their, their deepest need and be bold in sharing the gospel of peace. The gospel of peace. Thank you, Lord. The angels declared it. Peace on earth. Goodwill toward men. Thank you, Lord. That comes from relationship with you. You're at peace with us, Lord. You've reconciled us. You've reconciled the entire world if we would just know it. Thank you, Lord. Help us to tell them, Lord. Help us to tell them. In Jesus' name. You know, and when we pray, a lot of times what's happening is just you're letting the kingdom marinate in there. You know, because the kingdom of heaven is within. And I think oftentimes we're, we're looking for external answers. We're looking for information. We're looking for wisdom. We're looking at the world situations and we're trying to grasp something in scripture to make sense of it and make an external change. But I think every single change that you need to see in your life starts inside in your own heart. Allowing the Holy Spirit to develop within you a different mindset, new desires, wisdom and understanding inwardly of what to do outwardly. There is that aspect of understanding what to do, right? But man, we approach prayer oftentimes with just too much lack. We approach prayer from a sense of lack, as if I don't have this, this is a problem. God, I know that you somehow are supposed to have an answer, so let me go to you and get something from you, and then I'll be whole, and then I'll have what I need. And it's like, no, 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 no. Recognize Christ on the inside of you is what you nurture to then become everything that you need. And I realize that can be a frustrating concept for some people because it's like, okay, well, how does it work? And Jesus says, it's like a farmer that casts seed in the ground. The kingdom is in there growing. Just, just keeping your focus on him. As Mike was praying, I just saw this <clears throat> picture. You know, I, I, I see Jesus. Just connect with this with me for just a minute. I see Jesus headed to the cross. He gets to the place where that cross he's been dragging is to be lifted up. There's two other people being nailed to crosses on each side of him. And his is laid down there. It just drops off his shoulder. He's already in pain. And he's looking at that cross. As much as you can, you know, God gave us an imagination to use. I'm not saying make up some image, but just think about what, what would that have looked like? Jesus is standing there. 
maybe he's actually on his knees and he's looking at that cross. And in my mind, I see other people that are crucified are fighting and struggling and the guards are having to wrestle them down to get them onto the cross and wrestle their hands because they're fighting it and they don't want to be there. But I see Jesus to the shock and awe of the people around. He willingly crawls over to that cross. He rolls over and he stretches his arms out because he knows for this purpose he is at this point. And I just see him thinking about me. He's thinking about you. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, and you are that joy. I just see him willingly. And I just think about this often. There's a point where he takes his right hand and he looks over to the Roman guard and he just willingly lays his hand out. And the guy's standing there with the rope to tie his hand up. Another one is there with a hammer and the stake. And they're shocked. What sort of man is this? He's giving us his hand. But he's thinking about you. And if you can see that, if you connect with that, in a real way, I want you to see him become aware of you. He's looking at you and he's saying, this is for you. I lay my life down for you. And they go through the process and lift him up. And this is, this is the part that I saw, how Jesus prays. Jesus prays, Lord, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That must be our posture when we pray. Don't play, pray. Don't pray from a place of fear. Don't pray from a place of lack. Don't pray from a place of looking at the world and being fretful and worried that the world is overcome with darkness and things are perverted and all this stuff. All that's there. It was there for Jesus too, even more so. Are you kidding me? The Roman civilization, the perversion, he saw it. It was right in his face. Yet he's praying, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. So when we pray, we have to pray. Even what looked like a moment of defeat, one of the darkest moments, if not probably the darkest moment in his life, and he's praying from an understanding of what the forgiveness of God does. Like the worst circumstance possible, he's hanging, dying. And his heart is from a place of victory. His prayer is from a place of victory. His prayer is from a place that's greater than his circumstance. May we learn a lesson from that. When we pray, don't pray riddled with fear, confusion, anxiety. Recognize, I don't care how dark this is, this world, my life. I don't care how difficult the situation that I'm in. There is a reality, a truth greater than anything I'm temporarily facing. And for us, it can be turned character of God. It's what he wants us to experience. The qualities of who God is. So when you're praying, some of you are mad at God. Some of you are indifferent. Some of you are confused. But pray from that place knowing that you are a king and priest, king and priest in the court of heaven. Hidden with Christ in God forever seated with Christ in heavenly places. You're a joint heir with Christ. You are complete in Christ. All of his promises are yes and amen. He's given you everything that pertains unto life and godliness. 
You have been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of his dear son. Your God loves you more than the birds of the air and the flowers of the field. And because of his care and his compassion for you, he desires to provide for you. That's where you pray from. I don't care what you're feeling. I don't care what circumstance you're in. That's where you pray from. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We pray, we pray, we pray from victory. We pray from completeness. We pray from the spiritual reality of who we are in Him. Lord, help us to know our completeness in you. Help us to sort those things out where we've got too much staked into the world and our expectations. It's not that we give up on our dreams, but it's just that the lack of them manifesting, we're not questioning you. Thank you, Lord. May we pray from power, from victory, as ambassadors, knowing, knowing the victory. We're just announcing the victory of your resurrection. And the world is just going to take a while. It's just going to take a while. We don't want to pray from a defeatist mindset where everything's going to go so dark that it looks like the kingdom is not even around. Your kingdom is increasing. Your kingdom is growing. It's in my heart. It's in the spirit of every believer on the planet. May we know who we are in you. May we represent you. May we stand up. Thank you, Lord. Show us. Show us. Show us what our life would look like following you. Give us a hope and a vision and an expectation of what it would look like to just yield to you in the daily things and the little things. May we use our faith to just walk with you rather than to try to get things from you. I don't want to use my faith to try to convince you to change my circumstances. I want to use my faith to believe that I am who you've made me to be. And then when I know who I am in any given situation, I know what to do. I know what steps to take. I know what action to take. I know what to pray. body of Christ needs to be challenged. We're information rich. We are information rich. And this is not an indictment. I, I'm not trying to be negative. I just, man, there's so much fruit dormant on the inside of us that could be nourished, right? Don't you feel that? I guarantee you none of you are satisfied with the degree to which you are following Christ right now. But don't let that turn into guilt. Don't let that turn into something where you're beating yourself up and all that kind of stuff. It's not, that's not the point. Actually, be thankful. Be thankful that you recognize where you are because that shows you where there's room to grow. Always affirming your completeness in Christ. Always affirming the finished work on your behalf, but then willing to stretch a little bit. Are you with me? I know he's speaking to you. Let me just tell you, you hear God better than you think that you do. God's very clear. The problem is your mind doesn't think the way that he's speaking to you, so you get confused. And that's the work to do is renew your mind so that you are not familiar with hearing his voice, but you become familiar with the logic of his word bearing fruit in you. You become familiar with how he thinks. We're looking for specific intellectual thoughts to be discerned. But what we need to be is in agreement where our heart is after his heart. Then you can trust the thoughts that you have. Then you can trust that you're actually following God. It's such an intellectual process that we do in trying to follow God. But when your heart is after the same things his heart is after, and I think one of the ways to tune your heart to his heart is praying for people. Pray for others. And I'm telling you, try it. Pray for people. And pray for them 
from the perspective like we talked about, your, your situation might be difficult, but you're playing, praying from that place of victory. Are you with me? I mean, Jesus is hanging on the cross and he says, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. Does that resonate with you? Or am I just having a moment up here myself? Did you have something? You look like you got um, These scriptures, I just I kept hearing the words forward and just seeing us actually taking steps a step forward. Um, and for me, I was thinking that it was some of you guys might be a little bit stuck or feel like a dream or a goal or a passion or might even be to pray for people like you feel like you're not enough and I just kept seeing us taking a step forward literally that foot forward and as we're going with him babe what's what's the scripture that we got forward from sorry you can look it up I'll read this one first um so I heard this, I got this scripture. It just said, let me hear. It's more of an overall idea. Okay. There we go. <laughs> let me hear of your, this is Psalm uh, 143, 143.8. Let me hear of your unfailing love each morning, for I am trusting you. Show me where to walk, for I give myself to you. So wherever you are, in these thoughts that I was talking about, just taking that step forward. Maybe it's something that you wanted to do that you've never done. You know, you kind of put it away. Maybe it's praying for people, like I said. You know, something that you, like Clint was sharing, that you're just a little bit afraid of, of praying for someone, stepping out in that. He just wants you to know that it's okay just to take that step and just to trust him because he's going to be with you. Yeah. And it's not even just about, you know, there's a big kind of an idea doing the stuff and it's all about the gifts, but it's really just about us representing. What was it? Psalm 143, 8. Psalm 143, 8. If you'd put that up and we'll just look at that for just a minute. A little bit different, a little bit different, but... We'll wait for him to put that up there. Psalm 143, 8. What did it say one more time? Because I feel like it's important. Is that the translation you were reading? Calls me. <clears throat> just just read, read through this slowly for just a moment. Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning. Man, what would that do for your life? <laughs> Think about that. What would that do for your Starting life? Starting your day with his loving kindness. Because I trust you. But if I were to experience your love in the morning and cause me to know the way in which I should walk, for I lift up my soul to you. Thank you, Lord. Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning. For in you, just tell him that, I trust in you, Lord. In you, I trust. I trust in you to walk with me. Thank that you. he's always with you. That he's leading you. He's guiding you. Thank you, Lord. Pull out those things that, you know, you might have benched. You might have closed the book to. Thank you, thinking Lord. you're too old. Thinking you don't have enough money. Thinking that you don't know the word enough to pray for somebody. Or to bring your family to know his love. Or to take the next step in that vision that God gave you. Just see yourself. Close your eyes. See yourself lifting that foot forward. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. And it, it, it's such a, you know, I'm just seeing this picture. It, it's such a tilt in thinking because we're just so conditioned to seek God for knowledge. We're so conditioned to seek God for information. But in moments like this, you lift up your soul to him. You bask in what he's done for you. And it, that in and of itself makes those changes on the inside 
to cause you to be the person that knows what to do in the situation that you're asking him information about. Are you with me? It becomes then a deeper process rather than just intellect. And it's something that you can't really see happening right now. But you're just trusting. God, as I'm just taking my time to align myself with you, specifically how you feel about me, what you've done for me, the value that you must have for me to do what you did for me, Jesus on that cross, giving yourself, laying your hands down willingly, becoming my sin. You know, meditating on what he did for you, and it's not a selfish pursuit. No. What that's doing is it's changing your identity. Did you know that you actually can pick your identity? <laughs> not, not some kind of, you know, worldly thing, but renewing your mind based on who you are in Christ. And to the degree that you believe that, that will then condition your choices. That will condition what you allow and not allow in your life. That'll condition how you let people speak to you. That'll condition inwardly the choices that you make with your money, with your friends, with your spouses, with your loved ones, your job choices. You know, it just, it, then the, it just becomes this internal filter, this internal constitution that you have on the inside, a spiritual, godly, kingdom-oriented constitution that safeguards everything that you do when you know who you are in Christ and you've been radically touched deeply knowing his love for you, experiencing his love for you. Nobody can give that to you. You don't just get that reading scripture. You know, Jesus said, you guys search the scriptures thinking that in them you have eternal life, but they're about me. I am the life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I would say to when those negative thoughts are Thank popping you, in, I don't have the finances to do what's on my heart to do. Thank you, Lord. I don't have the provision. I don't have the belief. I don't have the skills to do what's on my heart to do. Thank you, Lord. I don't have the connections to do what my what's on my heart. Don't let those stop you. Because yeah, we have a big God. Not by power. Not by might. Just say that. It's not by my power. And it's not by my might. It's not by my knowledge. It's by your spirit. Your spirit. Give me a revelation of the power of your spirit. The sufficiency of your spirit on the inside of me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> I just want to encourage you to just write these things down. Anything yeah. that popped into your head today, yeah. spend some time with him, write it down. Even the negative things that popped up, write those down. You know what you're going to do next? You're going to go to the word. And, the, and this type of thing is a breeding ground for breakthrough also. Because if you find yourself thinking about that thing that causes you to feel guilty, thinking about that thing that you feel like you should be past now, thinking about that area of life, I really wish this were... Your, your heart is serving up to you things that you need to resolve. Do you, do you, are you with me? I mean, if we were to go around and ask, what negative things are you thinking about? <laughs> Let's not go there. But those are the things that need to be resolved, right? Those are the things that need to be dealt with and replaced. And, and not identified so that you can chase some demon, but stuff that you believe stuff that needs to change on the inside of you. It's just a shift in perspective that you need, a shift you, in Lord. your thoughts. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you live in me. Your spirit is all sufficient. You're everything that I need. I'm willing to put you first in everything in my life that you would be glorified. I want to follow you. I want to walk with you, not from some religious place where I become something that's totally unrecognizable in some weird churchy way, but just filled with hope and expectation and filled with 
purpose, a sense of purpose to live this life for something greater than just my personal needs to get met, than just my family to be taken care of, something bigger in life. I invite you, Lord, to strengthen me to walk that way. And I give you everything. I give you everything. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me. Amen, 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 amen. Well, I hope you feel refreshed. Sometimes we go deep into that. And, and I mean, some of you, it's not your thing. You're bored to tears right now. You know what? I love you anyway. That's all right. But if you make this type of thing a practice, you know, spending time, allowing the spirit on the inside of you to do a work in there, it'll change your life. It'll change your life. Amen. Show this man some love up here. Appreciate you guys. He says no. Awesome. Well, everybody good? Um, there probably somebody in here that you really got something on your heart and you feel like it was from the Lord. You know, I think we would be remiss if we didn't take that opportunity. Some of you in here, you've got something corporately. Yeah. Turn those side lights on, please, if you would. So that we can see. And there's probably a couple of us, so. I was trying to be respectful of time, just seeing where things led to. But uh, when Mike was up here praying, the question that I kept hearing was, how much more? Just think about that, how much more? If God and his graciousness and his loving kindness, if he led his people out of Egypt through the wilderness. Now think about this. The wilderness was not God's will. That 40-year period. Um, that, that wasn't God's will. It, it should have taken, what, about 11, 12, 13 days or something yeah, like that? a couple weeks. A couple weeks, maybe. And so God in his will, he led his people out of slavery, out of Egypt, through the wilderness, into the promised land. And you think about all those different victories in the old covenant that they had. In Jesus, how much more can we, too, expect victory? And you think about the areas in your life that may, like Clint was talking about, the areas that may be um, um, lacking. You know, your current ref the current reflection of your life right now is not, so the condition of your life right now is not the reflection of God's best. God has so much more. And I think it's in Romans 8, 30, somewhere between 32 and 34. But the scripture says, if he's given us Jesus, how much more? shall he freely give us all things with him. So it wasn't enough for God to just stop and to give us forgiveness. And a lot of Christians, a lot of us, we live our lives basic at forgiveness, but there's a lot much more. He didn't just stop and take care of our physical ailments. He paid for our healing. And even beyond that, he has paid for us to have an abundant life. It's far beyond anything that we can imagine. And often, sometimes we, you know, compare our lives to whoever we think is successful, whoever we think is, is healthy, whoever we think is happy. But we have to examine the cross. And the question that was just, I couldn't help but, you know, hold back laughing. I'm just, I can hear God just saying, how much more do I have for you? And so I think that he, you know, I think there was a nice setup here with the, the words that were being brought forth here. But the dreams that you have, some of the challenges you face in your physical body, whatever that area is in your life, God is beckoning us with this question, how much more? Those dreams you have that you've buried, those things that you're lacking in your life, God is saying, how much more? And it goes back to everything that Jesus has taken care of. Uh, can we put that verse up? I think it's in Romans 8. I don't know if it's 32, 33, but it says, He who has given us Jesus, how much will he not freely give us all things with him? I just think it'd be 32. I think it'd be appropriate just to take a look at that. And I'm not trying to, you know, um, embellish on that at all. I just think it's important for us to look at that, just how we put that other verse up there. But just think about that question, how much more? If he's, there it is. 
He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? And so just think about that. Like, if he would have just stopped that forgiveness, <laughs> that, that would have been pretty cool, right? He could have, but he didn't. God saw it fit to freely give us all things in Jesus. And I'm thinking about some of my dreams, but I, I, as, as Sarah was talking, I think that a lot of us, we're kind of like, yeah, I got some, some dreams that I buried. I've got some things that I've, you know, um, rationalized, making excuses for me. Okay, well, maybe I'm too old. Maybe I'm this, maybe I'm that. But God is beckoning us. How much more? So I'd, I'd love to pray for us. Um, Father, I just thank you. <laughs> In your loving kindness, you saw it fit to not only provide forgiveness, to not also pay for our, our healing, but to give us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And so, Father, we just take a moment to just really allow our hearts to wrap itself around the promises that you've given us, that if you saw it fit to give us all things in Jesus, that means that you or speaking to our worth. No, we don't deserve it, but you made it clear that we are worth <laughs> everything that you paid for. And so, Father, I choose to believe that I am worth all of your promises. We believe that, Father. And yeah, we may have felt a little unworthy. Maybe we've got our past staring us in the face, uh, exempting us from your promises. But right now, regardless of what's happening in our physical bodies, what's happening in our finances, we look at our gracious Heavenly Father who's given us all things. That divine power is working in us. And so, Father, you're asking us <laughs> how much, how much more? And we say, Father, every bit of it, every, every drop of your goodness that you extended toward us in the cross, that's how much more. That's the obvious answer to the question. Every bit of it, every one of your promises, Father. How much more? Thank you, Father, that you, <laughs> of your own accord, of your own will, Father, you saw it fit to prove just how worthy we are. We are. And that word... It's conveyed through the blood of Jesus. Thank you. I'm, I'm cleansed by the blood. We're all cleansed by the blood. We're covered by that blood. That blood, we're worth. <laughs> we're worth the precious blood of Jesus Christ. That's how much more. Father, I thank you. Amen, amen, amen. <clears throat> and, you know, I get that we struggle with the understanding Christ is everything that you need. You've already given, been given everything in Christ. The inside of you is everything that you're ever going to need from him. And it's like, yeah, but how do I get it out here? I get it. It's in here. How do I get it out here? And that's, you know, go back and listen to the last seven messages in this series that we've just been doing. It's about faith. But, but ultimately, it's about your, your heart, that inner man, that being, that aspect of your being that God renewed, you know, it's a promise of the new covenant that you get a new heart and he would put his spirit on the inside of you, that you would then become the temple of the living God in this earth. No longer would God be behind a veil, hovering over a box with only a portion of his presence here, but his presence now is in the earth fully in you. But then when Jesus talks about experiencing that, he talks about the condition of your heart, the condition of the inner man, not what kind of person you are, not how good or bad that you are, but how receptive you are to his word. And not just the information in scripture, but how receptive are you to living a righteous life? You know you can't do it in your own strength. How receptive are you to God actually changing your desires so that you desire something different than you're currently desiring? Are you with me? Do you see the difference? How willing are you to change how you think about money, to change how you think about the future, to change how you think about every part of the world? How willing are you 
to lay down your ego, to lay down your hurt, to lay down your pride, and actually think how God thinks. That's the kind of changes that need to be made. Oftentimes, we're praying, God, would you this, and I got this, and I know that you're good, and you're going to do this, and I can't wait until this happens. I don't know why you're not doing it yet, but maybe one day. Man, that's, there's just no end to that. And I'm not saying that getting your heart right then magically produces everything around you, but what it does is it does the work on the inside of you to whatever happens on the external, there's a peace. There's a satisfaction. If that dream never happens, so what? If that vision never comes to pass, it, your ego's not attached to it. But that's not to say just give up on everything. You know what I mean? There's things that we desire that God's put on the inside of us that we want to see happen. And we should expect those things to happen. But the work is not out here. The work is in here. The receptivity of our heart to the way God thinks determines the degree of the kingdom that we will experience. And if you're kind of new to this environment, that statement comes directly out of Mark 4. We've been talking to that for a while. Uh, next week we have uh, Greg Moore here, which there'll be an announcement here with some details about that. But I think after that, I'm going to go maybe a couple of more weeks to really stretch out that idea and uh, you know, dig into that a little bit more. Because I don't want it to be heavy. I want it to be hopeful. I want us to actually have hope that we don't just have to stay stuck in nominal Christianity. You know, it's like I go to church, I like this message, but my life is not changing at all. Well, it can. It can. Your life can change. Everything about you can change when the kingdom produces and our willingness to participate with it. And, no, you know, that's the thing about experiencing the kingdom. It's between you and the Holy Spirit. No sermon's going to lay it out for you. No book's going to show you how to do it. Not even reading scripture is going to make it make sense. But what those things will do is condition your heart to renew your mind, to be receptive to the way God works in your life. And it's a journey. It's a lifelong journey that you're committed to. A lot of Christians are just committed to agreeing with God, believing scripture, but not really engaging that heart process to let everything about you be changed. But I'm telling you, I think that, I think that idea is, is waking up and transformation is possible. Amen.